few rare items from the Wizard of Oz film are going up for auction. The family of actor Ray Bulger. If I only had a brain. Welcome back. Time now to answer our Monday fun fact. When was the term March Madness first used? Well, the answer the term first used in reference to basketball by an Illinois high school official. That was back in 1939. March Madness wouldn't become associated with the NCAA tournament until Brent Musburger used it to, during the coverage of the 1982 tournament. And now, KMOV Sports Authority. Live from the KMOV Broadcast Center, this is News 4 This Morning. Watching out for you. Well, coming up on News 4 This Morning, Chip Correa is set to take over at Valley Sports for Cardinals play-by-play. Chip Correa... The Cardinals continue their tour of Ohio and Cleveland. Burleson with a high fly ball and a sweat center. Oh, I'm going to start that over. I'm so sorry. Okay, third time to try. Still ahead, giving back to young adults entering the real world. The 2020 inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame are out. Torius B.I.G. will be inducted along with Depeche Mode, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, and Tex. No, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're a teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over It is Wednesday, February 28, 2024, and you are at jconthewine.com. I am going to tell you ahead of time that this will be an abbreviated podcast today because, how do I explain this? Okay, so I have my normal system with a big control board and all my computers and everything all wired together. All of them can interact with one another, and that's why the podcast ends up sounding really good. You listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm not talking about the really big ones like Rogan and Mark Marin and, you know, the Dana Carvey one and all that. I'm talking about the majority of the other 99.9% of the podcasts out there, many of which have about 37 followers and listeners. And then you got this one. And we have a lot of people who listen to this every day. And so I have, like I said, I have this big system in my studio. Everything works great when it works great. And then every once in a while, you have a complete system meltdown and everything just sort of shuts down. And uh, you usually don't know about that until it's actually time to start talking at like, you know, six o'clock in the morning. You know, you don't get any warning. That's what happened today. Now, I have a backup system, which I don't have access to right now. That's a long story. So then I have a third backup system, which I attempted to use today. And that one doesn't seem to want to interact. So I'm having some sort of system meltdown here. So right now I am using the backup of the backup of the backup of the backup system, which basically consists of a little handheld tape recorder. No, it's not a tape recorder. It's a digital machine. But you know what I'm talking about? This little thing that's like, I don't know, four by three. And the reason I have this one, by the way, is because the first year that John Rooney was in town, 
I was down on the field before a Cardinal game, and I was watching him record the po- uh, the pregame interview. And I hadn't seen this little recorder. It's just a tiny little thing that's made by Morantz. And for radio geeks like me, right away you start asking questions. And I asked him when he was finished with the interview. I didn't interrupt the interview. <laughs> when the interview was over, I said, can I just see that thing? He goes, oh, JC, this thing is the best. You should get one. And it was about 200 bucks. And it really does work well, as you can hear. Now, it sounds like I'm in some sort of a drum right now talking into it, but there's nothing I can do about that. But at least we have a podcast because for a while earlier this morning, it was looking like we weren't going to have one. So I'm going to record on the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup system today. And then I'll work today on trying to figure out how to get my system back up. And then everything should sound normal Again, starting to, starting tomorrow, at least it should. See, when you have a good professional system with like a $300 microphone and you go, puh, 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 everything's fine. You do it here and it goes, puh, puh, puh. yeah, so that's no good. Well, the temperature fell so fast yesterday, you could practically hear it falling in the middle of the night. By now, you already know that yesterday's 86 degrees was an all-time record for the city of St. Louis since they've been keeping records and you know 1860s 1870s when somebody out there said you know maybe we ought to just start keeping track of things it's sort of like the guy back in the caveman days who said you know this uh, cold hot thing seems to run in cycles gets cold for a while and then it gets warm and then it gets cold and it gets warm it seems like it just goes back and forth And somebody at some point said, I think I'm going to keep track of this because I might be able to predict when it gets cold and when it gets hot. And so he did that, and I'm sure that they killed him for even saying something like that. I mean, you're dealing with people who would jump off cliffs when there was a solar eclipse because they thought it was the gods telling them it's time to cash in your chips. So again, back in the late 1800s, somebody said, "Ah, these things seem to be running in cycles. Let's start keeping track of all of this. And it was handed down and handed down and handed down. And, you know, when you start to think about it, all of those Februaries, all of those Februaries since the late 1800s and never has the temperature hit 86 degrees. In fact, I believe the record was something like 81. So it not only broke the record, it shattered it. And for the people out there who still think that the whole climate change thing is a hoax, and there's a lot of politicians that just continue to perpetuate that notion, but if you're one of the ones who says, yeah, I think it is a hoax, I don't know what you could possibly be using to support your position. I don't really care, but it just sort of makes me laugh that there are people out there because a couple of politicians stood there on the floor of the United States Congress holding a snowball and said, see... How can we have global warming if there's still snow? It's like the people who say, if we evolved from apes, why are there still apes? Which is such back-ass words, twisted logic. I don't even have time to deal with stuff like this anymore. If you're looking for a bright spot on all of this, by the way, Saturday is supposed to be 67 and Sunday is supposed to be 76. But as I sit here speaking to you this morning, the wind chill factor is 15 above zero after a high yesterday of 86. Jesus. And there must be something about this period here because when I looked at this, I went back and looked at my archives this morning 
Nine years ago, on this date, February 28th, we were looking at a six-inch snowfall. And I still remember that. Six inches of snow around here is a lot of snow. A trace of snow around here is a lot of snow. But six inches is a lot. And seven years ago, it was the Perryville tornado. I still remember some poor guy was driving down I-55 in Perryville. And the tornado came and just threw him, killed him. And I still remember it hopped over 55 and went into this, uh, there was some sort of a car lot of some sort. I don't know if it was used cars or old cars or abandoned cars or what it was. All I know, a tornado went in there and just tossed them all around. And people were trying to figure out whether these cars were damaged before they were in the lot or damaged by the tornado when it went in and, and tore the place apart. It was a really weird situation down there. And in the department of you can run, but you can't hide. I don't know if you've seen any of these videos from the Texas Panhandle this morning, but there are wildfires going like crazy. And by the way, there's two guys with leaf blowers right outside my window, and there's just nothing I can do about it. They are literally standing 15 feet from my window here. Can you hear this here? Two guys with leaf blowers. It never fails. Let me turn on my microphone. <laughs> right outside my window but uh anyhow they have wildfires in the texas panhandle they said it's the size of 150 football fields that's pretty good wildfire been doing a lot of driving lately and it is interesting that you i have a sister who's five years older than me love her to death she's the original transistor sister got me sat down in front of the television the night the beatles are on the ed sullivan show has taken care of me, advised me. If you think I do stupid stuff now, you wouldn't believe all the stupid stuff I would have done had my sister not intervened and said, oh, just slow down for a minute. You're going to do what? And then I end up not doing it. But I remember uh, back in 1976, I lost my job. I got fired on April 1st, 1976. I kept waiting for the guy to say April Fool's, and he never did. So I lost my job in Rockford, Illinois, and my sister was living in Chicago, and I said, you know, I have wanted to see mountains, because I had never seen any mountains. I've been wanting to see mountains, and I got a friend who just moved to Boulder, Colorado, and she told me they'd be more than happy to have us as guests. Why don't we hop into my car and drive to Denver and Boulder and Rocky Mountain National State Park and all that sort of stuff. Let's go see some fucking mountains. And so we did. Now, I had a 1970 Mercury Montego with a dent in the side. I swear to God, these guys are going to come in the room. Listen to this. Listen to this. <laughs> these guys are literally outside my door here. I yeah. might have to stop for a while. I don't know. Maybe go in the bathroom here. Let me go around the corner here and see. Maybe there's a, is there some way to hide from this? Well, now if I talk in the bathroom, now I sound like, In the jungle, the quiet jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. I don't want all the echo. This ain't a Four Seasons concert. I don't know if I can continue to concentrate here with these guys with these two leaf blowers outside my door. All right, I'm just going to keep going. Anyhow, yeah, 1970 Mercury Montego with a dent in the side. The fact that that thing made it all the way to Colorado and back is still one of the true stories of modern-day science. That thing was falling apart. I, I still remember I bought that car for $1,000. My dad thought I was crazy. But that's all I could afford, and I needed a car, and so that's what you get, right? 
That's like 20. But the reason I'm telling you that story is because uh, that's when you learn something very, very important in life. And that is that you never really know somebody until you have traveled with them or gone on a vacation or something like that. I was once involved in a very serious long-term relationship with a woman, and it was going really, really well, except that we went on vacation. And it turned out that she was one of these people who was like, okay, we got to get up at 4.30 in the morning because we got to catch the ferry because the 5 o'clock ferry is the good one. The 6 o'clock is not the good one. I, I, I looked it up. And then we got to go from there to the boat. And then the boat takes us to the train. And the train takes us to the other boat. And then, but we got to get there by 9 o'clock because the, all the good seats are gone by 10 o'clock. So we got to get there by 9. And then we go here. And, and the whole vacation was like that. I came back and I was just hyperventilating. And it's like you need a vacation from your vacation. And that's when you realize this will never work. Now I like to do on vacation, find some sort of exotic place, sit in a chair in the sun, listening to the waves. And I hate those resorts. You know, whenever I go on vacation, I always ask them. They don't have one of those assholes with a sound system that sounds like a U2 concert where Every 15 minutes, this asshole is screaming into the microphone, and now the sexy legs contest, and now the hairy legs contest, and now the belly flop contest, and now the chicken wing eating contest, and now, and I'm like, you know what? I can't hear the fucking waves. So I was double checking to make sure they don't have one of those assholes down by the beach or down by the swimming pool. My idea of a vacation, you find a lawn chair, some sort of a recliner, you find the sun, you find the bartender, you get burned or a crisp, you go home, take about a three-hour nap back in the room, you get up, you have dinner, you do the whole thing again the next day. And then maybe after the third or fourth day, you go, okay, well, let's maybe go on one of the excursions. But I'm really bummed because I've been to Jamaica 14 times. Next trip to Jamaica will be my 15th time. In fact... Yeah, I went to Jamaica on this date in 2010 and then again in 2013. But now they're telling people to stay out of Jamaica. They've already told people to stay out of the Virgin Islands. Now, St. Thomas has had problems for 40 years and it just keeps getting worse and worse. But I always like to go to St. John or Virgin Gorda or one of those places. But they're telling people to stay out. There's just too much violence and too many gangs and stuff like that. And, and you know, you got to be careful where you go in Mexico now, too. They said even some of the major resorts, they're telling people do not leave the resort grounds. And in some cases, even those aren't necessarily 100% safe the way they used to be. Running out of places to go on vacation. I guess it's a good thing because I live in Florida most of the time and I don't have any money to go on vacation anyhow. And I don't like cruises. I'll, I'll probably have to break down and go on a cruise pretty soon because my daughter went on a cruise with one of her friends a couple of years ago, and she really enjoyed it, and she wants to go again. So I'll go for her sake, but I won't really enjoy it. I just don't understand the concept. I just don't get it. You know, it's 6 o'clock at night, and you're cruising along, and you're looking at the coast of Mexico, for example, and you know that in all those restaurants, they're eating incredible food. The mariachi bands are playing. People are dancing around. Everybody's having a great time. The weather is perfect. And instead of you being part of that, 
you're on a boat eating pork chops. Like I said, the concept makes no sense to me. But again, you do a lot of stuff for your kids that you wouldn't normally do. And it'll probably be one of those instances where I'll have to do that too. Also, I'll tell you, you know, I like warm swimming pools. I like the water warm. I know people who swim, you know, like I I got friends. Well, Skip Weber is one of them. Drew Johnson is another one. These guys swim every morning. And people who swim all the time, they like the water to be cold, I guess. I don't like that. I like my water warm. And the other thing about the cruises is those swimming pools just seem scuzzy to me. And then the hot tubs are always a problem. First of all, the more I read about hot tubs, because I really love a good hot tub. But the more I read about hot tubs, unless it's your own, you're sort of nuts to ever go in one. There's just so much bacteria and so many things in hot tubs that are gross and disgusting beyond description. But on cruises, on the boats, you know, even the swimming pools seem that way to me. They just don't look like it's anything I want to get in. And then, you know, a couple of drunks always set up like their own party cove. So, you know, maybe they went on a cruise with five of their friends and they just sit in the hot tub and they don't leave all day. And heaven forbid, you look at the hot tub and you go, oh, there's room for one more. And you go get in and you're not a member of their group. Oh, man, the dirty looks. And it's not something I would want to do anyhow. So I don't care about the dirty looks. It's just not something I would want to do anyhow. Why would you want to put yourself in a position like that? Like I said, you go to a resort somewhere, and especially they got nude beaches. There's one place that we have a tendency to go all the time in Ocho Rios, and they have a very, very large nude beach. And I had never done that before. You know, and I figure, okay, it's on the bucket list. Let's go ahead. Let's do the nude beach. Well, the first thing that I found out is there's little uh, areas of skin sort of in your crotch area that have never, ever been exposed to sun, ever. And when that area burns, oh my God. So that's number one. Number two, if you run into, because sometimes you go to the resort, you'll run into somebody at the pool or at dinner or something like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we're from Kansas City. Oh, really? We're from St. Louis. And then you start talking. But if you see somebody you know at the nude beach, no, 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 no good, no good. And then the other thing is the people who go to the nude beaches are never the people that you would like to see naked, ever. With one exception, I will say this, one of the last times we were in Jamaica, some woman, a very uh, sort of tall, ditzy blonde, had clearly just gotten a boob job. So much so that the, the scars underneath each boob where they put them in, I swear to God, it still it looked like the stitches were still in them. But she was so proud of those things. She just stood there entertaining, holding court, and the guys were swarming around her like flies on shit. And she was just standing there loving the whole thing, loving it to death. I guess she figured, look, I paid ten grand for these things. I'm going to show them off. But like I said, you never really know somebody until you travel with them. And one of the things you find out oftentimes is that people eat things that are concoctions that they apparently, you know, just put together somewhere along the line, started doing it their entire lives. And all of a sudden they show up around you like on a vacation or a trip or something. And you're like, what are you going to eat? I'll give you some examples here. Ketchup sandwiches. It's just ketchup and white bread, and sometimes they spice it up by adding bologna or sliced ham or something. Eggo waffles with melted, sharp cheddar cheese. 
How about cut up hot dogs in everything? Scrambled eggs, boxed mac and cheese, stir-fry vegetables on top of rice, grape jelly on grilled cheese. This one makes me sick. Spaghetti noodles with canned beans. Oh, chili and cinnamon rolls together. There's one, uh, something here. Oh, ham salad. You grind up uncooked hot dogs and mix them with sweet relish and mayonnaise. How about a cubed up baguette? Tossed with Greek yogurt and chopped mint and sometimes with honey to make it a sweet treat. Those are their words. Having milk to drink with spaghetti, they said it's super refreshing. It counters the acidity perfectly, but I don't know. You talk to somebody who is Italian-American, and they will probably tell you that's just bizarre. Coffee and crackers. You take a plate, you line it with saltines, pour over coffee until they're soft, and then spread some sugar to taste, and you eat them with deli ham. It's like a poor man's country ham biscuits and red-eye gravy. I think it's worth noting that most of what I just read made me sick to my stomach. Oreo is going to release its latest flavor, something called Dirt Cake, on March 4th. The CEO of Kellogg's catching heat after he said parents could save a lot of money by feeding their kids cereal for dinner. And this is something they've been pushing for a while now, even in their advertising. And one recent one... Tony the Tiger gets a family of four to chant cereal dinner over and over again. Meanwhile, somebody asked people if they'd rather have a gourmet menu or comfort food for the rest of their lives. 70% took the comfort food, although that's never really been defined particularly well, but it sounds like comfort food is like chicken wings, pasta, pizza, burgers, stuff like that. Gourmet food, more like the fancy stuff you get in a restaurant. And I have a friend who's an executive with Family Dollar. She's got to be doing a tap dance here today because Family Dollar just got hit with a record fine of $41.5 million for violating product safety standards after selling items that were stocked in a rat-infested warehouse filled with live, dead, and decaying rodents. Sounds like Family Dollar might be interested in some of their inventory. Let's talk about luck. There's no such thing. Sorry, there's no such thing as luck. Not in my book. There's chance and there's probability. Nobody's ever been able to prove that there is such a thing as luck. Everything is just anecdotal. You know, you get on a roll for a while, things start going your way, and people start saying, man, you're really lucky these days. Chance and probability. Same thing with bad luck. You might notice that things are going particularly well or particularly poorly, but it is just chance and it's probability. Riding high in April, shot down in May. It's like Frank told us. Regardless, or as they say in Missouri, uh, irregardless, which is not a word, the average person says he or she will experience 543 examples of bad luck every year. The unluckiest things that can happen on any given day include losing stuff, stepping in dog poop, or spilling something on yourself. And this is an interesting stat because this happened to me. It was not a direct hit, but it was enough to make you go home and take a shower immediately. But uh, three and four people have been pooped on by a bird, which is supposed to be good luck, by the way. I don't know how they came up with that. And you talk about inexplicable. All right, so they say, oh, if you get pooped on by a bird, which, by the way, a bird's poop, number one and number two together. I think that's messed up too. But anyhow... Three and four people say they've been pooped on by a bird, which is supposed to be good luck. And 37% of people said, oh yeah, I would welcome it again. 
People are volunteering themselves to be targets for bird poop because they think it's good luck. See, that's that's what tells me that luck is bullshit anyhow. Or it's like they say, luck is really just a combination of preparation and opportunity. It was on this date in 1993 that the standoff in Waco, Texas began with those Branch Davidians and David Koresh. I remember it because I went on KMOX for the first time just a couple of days after that. And every day it's like, hey, is this thing going to go boom or what? And finally did. I still remember the guy who was running KMOX when the thing finally went up in flames. He pulled me off my own show because he didn't think I was capable of handling a news story like that. And he grabbed Nan Wyatt. And Nan was a very good friend of mine. She was very sweet. And she was just, you know, caught in the crossfire on this. And she just had this look of, like, I am so sorry, Jason. It was like, Nan, it's not your fault. You're not doing this. He's doing it. The guy running the place made this decision. Do the best job you can. I'll just sit here and twiddle my thumbs. It was all in 1993. And that's one of the reasons I was so proud of what we did on 9-11. Because those people at KMOX who didn't think I was capable of handling a major news story, yeah, we let's just say we shut them down and humiliated them on 9-11. This is the anniversary of the final MASH episode. 106 million people were watching. For everybody in this country that had a television on at the time, 77% of them were watching the final MASH episode. How about Drea DeMatteo from The Sopranos? That show goes off the air. She was typecast. Can't seem to get work. Is losing everything. In fact, on the verge of losing her house. Couldn't get any acting jobs. So she says, I'm starting up OnlyFans. Within five minutes, she was financially secure again. She said, OnlyFans saved my life 100%. And then you have the issue of Drew Barrymore's daughter. One who is 11 years old and wanted to wear a crop top. And Drew Barrymore, the mother of this girl, said, you can't wear a crop top. You're not old enough. It's totally inappropriate. At which point, the daughter points out that she was once on the cover of Playboy when she was very young. And not just on, uh, you know, on, the, on the cover, but with some very, very extremely revealing, totally nude shots. Touché. Late night tonight, Kate Winslet on with Jimmy Fallon. Kimball's got Bob Odenkirk and... Cheryl Crow, Chris Hayes on with Colbert, Seth Meyers as Austin Butler, and Jenny Slate. John Waters going to shoot a movie, first one in 20 years. Aubrey Plaza is going to star in it. There's a match made in heaven. Sometimes you get fired. Not such a bad thing. Don Lemon walking away with a settlement from CNN after they fired him for $24.5 million. Jimmy Fallon's 10th anniversary on The Tonight Show is going to be celebrated with a primetime special on May 14th. And this only Murders in the Building show is just picking up so much steam. It keeps winning all these awards. You know, Meryl Streep is part of it now. And now Eugene Levy is going to join for season four. Birthdays today, Tommy Chong's daughter, Radon Chong from Commando in the Color Purple, 63. Cindy Wilson from the B-52, 67. John Turturro, great actor, 67. Bernadette Peters, Steve Martin's old main squeeze, 76. Mario Andretti, racing legend, 84. And Gilbert Gottfried. Let me just try one more shot at getting this 
stuff out of this computer onto this computer so I can play this for you. Let me try one more time because this interview we did with Gilbert Gottfried at the Grammy Awards in New York back in the day has to be heard to be believed. And it is the man, Gilbert Gottfried. I got my hand on the volume control. Absolutely. Because I know when you bring Gilbert... I'm the man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the man. He starts screaming. I'm the man. How you been? Oh, well, I'm the man. You yes. make it here for every Grammy Award show. I think this yes. is like the fourth or fifth time that we've had you and on. And they've snubbed me each time. <laughs> yeah. Haven't won yet, have you? Yes. Have you, ever, have you ever submitted anything? Did you ever record anything that got submitted for consideration? Uh, yes. Yes. I've done my Jew of Country music album they keep turning that one down well they don't really turn it down yes. Gilbert it's just that they don't vote for it I don't yes. think they have a category yeah, for that it's amazing <laughs> you think after all these years they, they make would. a category they even if it was one up. entry just yours one. just one for God's sakes so now tell me how will your life be affected by the fact that Jerry Seinfeld is calling it quits this May because that's actually part of your repertoire people who don't know you know that Jerry actually works into your act. Yeah, I know. This is very upsetting. <laughs> First of all, he has to give up. Uh, uh, you know, how's this guy going to make a living? How is this guy going to do it? It's bad enough they expected him to live on $5 million an episode. But now without it, What's he's happening? got no money. What's happening to comedy? What's happening to comedy? $5 million? That's not what it's all about. That's not what it's supposed to be about. Joe Piscopo going out there and, uh, you know, bulking himself up so that, and there's a there's a name from the current comedy scene. Oh, yeah. Comedy is spinning out of control. Yes, yes. It's the, Joe Piscopo. <laughs> yes. Monetarily. Joe Piscopo is a whole other show. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be coming in about five minutes after yes, you actually yes. so <laughs> the money is out of control the man's bodies are out of control anyhow, anyhow Jerry Seinfeld if I alright we're now not, we're no longer talking to Gilbert we're now okay. talking to Jerry Seinfeld Jerry how could you turn down 10 million dollars an episode well it gets very expensive to pick up girls in their schoolyards <laughs> you'd be surprised Never to get mind. them the coloring books <laughs> that costs a lot more than 5 million <laughs> How long have you been doing uh, USA Up All Night now? How many years is it? I just stopped. Oh, really? Yeah. No. You, you know, you've hit rock bottom when the USA Network doesn't watch anymore. <laughs> that, that's that's bottom of the barrel. They got rid of the whole show or just you? I think they're clearing out USA. <laughs> yes. Is it going out of business yes, now? Or yes. Everything must go. Maybe they'll have Murder, She Wrote 12 times a day still, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could get yourself on the Lifetime channel or something like that. Yeah. That appeals oh, to just, women. Uh, my fingers are crossed. You're kind of a chick magnet. You could get I'm on the Lifetime. I'm a chick magnet. Yeah. Home Shopping Network, one of those. You could yes. slide into a yeah, gig. Yeah, I could slide in. Yes. I could slide in because I'm a chick magnet. No. I could just slide in. Now, let me ask you. The original Aladdin movie, yes. you, you supplied the voice of... Of the princess. Of the... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but it never made thing. it. Yeah. They cut that, too. They you thought su- too Jewish. <laughs> you supplied the voice of the little parrot, you yes. know, the little guy. What was his name? Uh, the- Iago. Iago, okay. Yeah. Now, in the subsequent releases, they have cartoons and all that kind of stuff. Is that still you doing That's the voice? still me. Or, so that is the Still I'm, me. Because a lot of the original people who were in the original Aladdin didn't come back, and they have, they have like have a guy who yes. sounds like Robin Williams, but it's not him. Yeah, yeah. But, but you got the gig. Yes, and now the voice of the princess, I think, is Frank Gorshin. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> which is even more obscure reference yeah, than just pistol. We're, we're hitting all of them today, folks. What else are you doing? And these David days? Fry is Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> and Fred Travelina is the monkey. Yes. yes. Remember that show, the copycats. Yes. You remember that? Yes. They took all of the impressionists and comedians at that time. This was maybe what sixty-nine or yes. seventy, and they said, "Wow, if people love impressionists, well, what if we put a whole hour of them together?" Yeah. And it was the dullest yes, thing. Yes, and they had George Kirby <laughs> was one of them. George Kirby, who I'm trying to remember the stuff he did. Okay, well, uh, he was black, so he did all like the black women impressions. <laughs> he would do like, they dress him up as Ella Fitzgerald and Pearl Bailey. And now here's LaWanda Page. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think now was the girl, was it Marilyn Michaels? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Do yeah. Barbara Streisand was one of the big ones. She cross her eyes. And yeah, oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, for anybody over the age of 30 or 35, yeah, they have no, what the hell we're talking the about? Copycats was yeah. a show that was on, and for some reason it just did So what else are you up to And I days? think it was made in England. <laughs> made I, have, in I have a feeling <laughs> it, the show actually was done in England because when every now and then they'd use like an extra or something in a sketch. It would be Benny and, Hill. Yeah, yes. <laughs> or that bald-headed old guy. <laughs> <laughs> who used to pimp for Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Yes, who would... <laughs> Who would run up and down with at the end? We're having a mouth of war here. Yes, that's a whole other story. What else are you up to these days? All right, so now the USA, you didn't actually have to stay up all night to do USA up all night. Probably did that at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. No, as any woman can tell you, I can't stay up all night. It's just I can't stay up for more than five minutes. Were you around? You must have been around doing that show with Rhonda Shear when she was born. And Larry King. What was that? Uh, all yes, about? yeah. Well, you know, I can't say I blame her because, boy, when you look at Larry King, that is hot. <laughs> he is the man. Yeah. It just exudes. Yeah, you just picture Larry King during sex. Going, just, yeah. Naked, yeah. Naked in those yeah. suspenders. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, the, is the vagina uh, there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, hello, Cleveland. Uh, 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 you're on, Detroit. Uh, uh, you heard a guy's leaving their socks on. He left his suspenders yeah. on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's all a fact. It's all a fact. What else are you up to these days? What Nothing. Else? My no. career's through. Hopefully <laughs> I can do some extra work on diagnosis murder or something. But at least once a year you get the Grammy gig here. So uh, at least yes. something to look forward yes. to. Yeah. And people still want to hear from you, so you keep showing up. So why not? Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Did you ever nail that girl from Houston a couple of years ago? Remember you were trying to pick up the girl who was the afternoon girl from Houston? Oh, uh, yes. I nailed her. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking Anally. about. Anally. She... <laughs> <laughs> She's the one with the kind of strawberry blonde yes, hair. Yes, yeah, I never... nailed her anally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kids, at this point, you might want to turn the radio off. <laughs> kids driving to school with mom. Oh, God. <laughs> those letters go to Gilbert Godfrey, wherever the hell he's living, in some trailer park somewhere. Just send them right to Gilbert Direct. Oh, All right. man. All right, Gilbert. So will you be in the crowd at the Grammys tomorrow night? Uh, yes. You will. Yes, I'll be in the crowd. I'm going to be there as a speechwriter for Fiona Apple. <laughs> yes. Fiona Apple. Yes. She needs some help. Yes. She needs a lot of help. <laughs> Gilbert, I don't, by the way, you know this uh, Heidi Klum? This, uh, cover yes. The, she's going to be here. Oh, I'd like to nail her anally. <laughs> you have so many different choices. Boy, and yet, and yet would still... I like to nail her anally. Oh, 
You might, forget the basic cable thing, man. USA, yeah. that's all yeah. gone, man. Yeah. Yeah. We might get you on Cinemax, <laughs> this is, but that's all you're going to get at this I, I, point. I slid the copy of Sports Illustrated's yes. issue in front of Gilbert. That woman is going to be here. In a oh, would I like to nail her anal? <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe you'd like to kind of <laughs> hang around and see how that line works in person. <laughs> Oh. I, I think she'd be turned on by it. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, there's no doubt. never know those supermodels. Yeah. Um, Gilbert. Yes. <laughs> Go away now. Yeah, okay. leave immediately. Thank you very much for coming by. Great to see you again. That's Gilbert Godfrey. And until next week, I nailed her anally. Thank you. Look for her. He'll be doing a special with Marie Osmond. You can watch for it in your TV, guys. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.